And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining us on the line is Robert Larson. He comes to us from the other side of Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. Um, so a woman who has a pretty big five-acre property in Marietta, she has been charged with cruelty uh, of a mother who's elderly and is has some medical issues. She also has curled to animals, including her own horses who are underfed. Uh, this woman maybe some has some mental issues? Yeah, and this is an ugly, disturbing story, but just uh, another thing going on in Marietta. But yeah, she had this five-acre property. She had a bunch of horses, which is great. A lot of people have that out in this area. But apparently these horses weren't being cared for, and uh, the authorities had to step in because five of these horses were extremely malnourished and super skinny. We've all seen those kinds of pictures, and they're just really uh, unpleasant to, to look at. So she was uh, had some charges pending on that, and these animals were taken away from her. But in the meantime, she was uh, then charged and subsequently convicted of abusing her mother. And it was a certain point she brought her mother into, uh, I guess, an emergency room or something. And the mother was, you know, had bed sores all over her, had feces and urine. Ooh. I know, gross. Um, had... Um, and was extremely sunburned, like she'd been left out in the sun. And the daughter was saying, well, she was being defiant and she wouldn't let me move her. And, you know, you wouldn't allow an elderly person to just sit out in the sun. If she refused to move, you'd call some neighbors to help you move her indoors, or you would call authorities and say, hey, there's an issue here. This person is trying to injure herself really badly. So the fact that she didn't do that leads you to think that she was – actually responsible for it herself it was some sort of just punishment abuse type thing and a jury sort of felt something along those lines because they convicted her and she's going to be serving seven years for this oh definitely um wow that, every time i think i hear an awful story from the Lin empire you always up the game and it's kind of disturbing that you can do that every week uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, Heather. I don't know <laughs> it's happening elsewhere, but they seem to pop up here quite frequently. Oh, definitely. Um, in a, in a, uh, moving on to another story, a cop that lived in Menifee and then worked in San Bernardino, uh, he basically sexually assaulted multiple women and was convicted. And it's really awesome that it's really hard to get any convictions on police officers, and it's really cool that they actually got one here. Yeah, you and I have talked about that. Most of the time when it's a he said, she said, cop versus civilian, the cop usually wins in court. And But it's not always the case. I think sometimes the evidence is so overwhelming. And uh, this cop, I guess for years, it had been going on. And there's at least two women that he was convicted of doing things to. But it appears that there were several others that they just didn't have the evidence to convict on. But at least two of them. And um, they, in the article I read about this, they didn't use the term rape, but I, I don't know what else you would call it. They said sexual assault, but he was yeah. taking these women at gunpoint and forcing them to do sexual acts with him. I mean, that's rape. Um, so, uh, you know, these kinds of things, he, and, uh, yeah, taking them to hotel rooms and uh, doing these kinds of things on duty Oh, my God. Yeah, so he has been convicted, and he hasn't been sentenced yet, but he's facing possibly up to 360 years, which, yeah, that'll be fine with me. And uh, just have a real problem with abuse of power. Definitely. It would be fine with me, but if he uh, lives to 400, then I would be upset about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
up with some life extending thing. But yeah. Was, yeah. Report I was reading about this and they, they were talking about other cops from the inland area who have actually been convicted and sentenced and are doing time for it. It usually uh, seems like these abuse of power things with cops are always, uh, well, uh, of the ones where they're convicted, it's of a sexual nature. It seems like if you just beat people up, you can usually get away with that. But uh, so this one cop, uh, oh, San Bernardino sheriff deputy, was uh, convicted of sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl. And just there are a few others like this, and these guys are, are doing time. Which um, So it's good to know that cops don't always get away with these things. Oh, definitely. My favorite story of the week happened in Temecula. Um, and in Temecula, there's quite a few freeway exits that frack up into the freeway because the infrastructure below the freeway doesn't really can't really handle all the cars and the lights don't move us that fast and we certainly have a lot of exits like that in la and orange county as well um there's a road rage incident involving uh, that kind of an exit and what it involved the county supervisor flashing an honorary police badge and flipping people off and and it, it it's you would have to tell a story it's just absolutely brilliant yeah, well, this is uh, it's a terrible exit. They have recently improved it, so it's not as bad as it used to be, but it's still the, the traffic is always backed up onto the freeway because the light where at the end of the exit doesn't isn't long enough or doesn't have enough lanes, so not enough cars can actually exit, so they're backed up onto the freeway. It's a little treacherous, so some people just file in behind the long line. Some people try to kind of sneak up a little and find an open spot, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that if there is an open gap. But uh, sometimes they just cut in and just kind of cut people off. And apparently this is what happened in this road rage incident. And the uh, the supervisor named uh, Jeff Stone is the one who cut in. And then there was another uh, civilian person that um, was the one who was cut off and got pissed off and pulled up alongside him. And, you know, the road rage there is, is, is brewing and, or is about to explode. And they... Uh, you know, there was flipping off and words back and forth. And then the the guy, the supervisor, Jeff Stone, pulls out his honorary police badge and says, you know, something to the effect, I'm a cop, pull over. And the guy either before that or as that was happening called 911 on his cell phone. And the cops arrived uh, fairly quickly, I guess, and diffused the situation and, you know, there were no blows thrown or anything like that. But, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, there's this thing of like, well, why didn't Jeff Stone, the supervisor who had the, the honorary police badge, why, when the authorities came, the actual cops, why didn't they take his badge away? Oh, definitely. And I... he's got a relationship with the, uh, the sheriff who is uh, named Stan Sniff. And uh, they're they're both kind of complaining that this is sort of like kind of trumped up politically because they're both coming. Uh, the sheriff is coming up for re-election, and Stone is I think running for uh, state office, state senate, or something like that. And uh, but you know, road rage is road rage, and using a badge uh, illegally is is an abuse of power, and there should be some sort of punishment for that. Oh, definitely. And I hope this sinks his uh, political campaign. This is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. What's kind of funny about that is uh, Jeff carries his police badge around just in case something like this is to occur. That's a weird part is he keeps it in, he keeps it in his car with him. Now, he did say, and he seems really contrite now, uh -huh. say, I'm going to put that badge away in my trophy case at home. 
And oh. I'm sorry if I said anything. You know, he's trying to be all like Chris Christie, <laughs> apologizing for his indiscretion, so he'll still have a political career. But I don't think it's really working too well for either one of them. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I don't think so either. Um, so in the Lin Empire, multiple cities had a, a hotspot idea that for the internet. Um, I like the idea if you include in that charter for the city internet that it has to remain in net neutrality. But unfortunately, costs, they just looked at the cost of doing this and it was scrapped. Um, I really, really wish we had more... I really wish we had a municipal internet system instead of relying on Time Warner and Comcast. Yeah, uh, this is... Uh uh, Riverside, I guess, is the latest city in the Inland Empire that's just completely abandoned their plans to have uh, um, free Wi-Fi for everybody, just have it provided throughout the city. And, uh, you know, one th the cost was a big reason and the cost of actually of maintaining the system and uh, having these uh, this equipment set up around town. So um, it, it's... I, I know most cities, not most cities, but a lot of cities in the Inland Empire, uh, particularly Temecula near where I live, uh, have a Wi-Fi hotspot in their old town area, and they have so there's hotspots. But you know the plan with Riverside that was just abandoned. The plan was going to be like just free Wi-Fi throughout the whole city, which would be nice and sounds really good. And it's nice that we are treating something that should be the commons like the commons. And uh, so it's it's to me it's a little bit sad that it's been abandoned. However. On the other side, it, it, there are Starbucks and several other places that have free Wi-Fi. It's, most of these cities, you don't have to go too far to find a spot where you can get that. But I just like the way it felt and sounded to have free Wi-Fi throughout the whole city. And I like it how you wouldn't have to be a customer to go to Starbucks to get a Wi-Fi hotspot either. I mean, like, I just don't like... I don't know. I just would like to not spend money somewhere and just be able to access the internet when I need to. Yeah, you feel like you're sort of, when you go to Starbucks, you're obligated to at least buy a coffee or, you know, <laughs> so before you sit there for three or four hours using the free Wi-Fi. So, yeah, it, it's, I mean, I've seen people just sit there without, but, you, you know, it's a little weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, Robert Larson, he comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Thank you for joining me on the show this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure, Heather. And, of course, this is the Heather McCoy Show. <laughs>